Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. You can follow on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Uh, today we have a, a joint episode with... Jeff Garcia of Lockdown Spurs previewing tonight's Pistons-Spurs game. Uh, the season just kicked off. Uh, the Pistons are eight games in. Spurs are also eight games in. Uh, Detroit four and four. Spurs five and three. So I guess uh, since you, uh, we're going to pretend like you're the guest now for LOS, Lockdown Spurs, if you can just uh, briefly tell us, uh, tell the Spurs fans, what has been going on with the Pistons early on in the uh, season? Likes, dislikes, pros, cons? Well, the, the simple story is the Pistons are 4-0 and at home and 4-0 and or an 0-4 and on the road. So it'll be nice for the Spurs that this game is in San Antonio. Uh, the Pistons have been solid defensively. They've made a lot of the, the nice steps that they were hoping to make defensively uh their defensive rebounding has slipped a little bit uh and there could be a couple of reasons for that uh, but otherwise overall the defense is coming around uh the offense not so much it's not been terrible uh but it definitely hasn't been good it's not been what they hoped uh reggie jackson being hurt he has not played yet this season is going to be out another couple few weeks uh that sort of loomed over everything the pistons are just sort of trying to hold their own for now without their point guard Andre Drummond is still the best player, uh, but it's hard to make him go without that point guard. Uh, so in the same sense, what's uh, what's the overview on the Spurs so far? Yeah, before I address that, uh, I, I guess uh, as that little cat meme would say, we can has Boban back, please. <laughs> we miss Boban. Um, real quick, briefly, how is uh, Boban doing? Yeah, so he's not in the rotation. Uh but fans are excited for him. So I, I guess I hope you guys can appreciate that. Fans fans here are definitely excited for him. I sort of become, if you want to go back to a different era of Pistons basketball, back when they used to be competitive with the Spurs, uh, he's sort of become a Darko-like figure, not in terms of ability or anything like that, but just as the fan favorite human victory cigar comes in at the end of blowouts, the team gets excited. Uh, I think there's more in store for him. The Pistons sort of signed him with the idea that, okay, Aaron Baines can opt out of his contract next summer. The Pistons might have a hard time re-signing him. Uh, so this was more a signing for next year in their minds. I still think there's a chance Boban could crack the rotation this year. Uh, before the Pistons, I think it's more about next year, and he'll be the backup center next year. Uh, but in the meantime, I think Pistons fans are just enjoying him for all the same reasons that Spurs fans did. Uh, yeah. Just uh, how he's endearing and how he plays and. And all those fun things. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I saw that he's actually introducing Drummond to uh, Serbian <laughs> rap. Got, gotta love the diversity in that locker room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, but to answer your question, how the Spurs doing for your Locked On Pistons listeners, quite simple. 
The Spurs started out the gates hot, 4-0, with a huge win against the uh, defending West champs, Golden State Warriors, in their home. And things were looking bright through the first four games, and all of a sudden, the wheels started kind of creaking, rotation seems to be off, and the Spurs, inexplicably, have now lost, you might like this, Dan, three games consecutively at home. It's a very <laughs> uncharacteristic of San Diego. Something Antonio. has to give. Something has to give, exactly. So the Spurs, they're they're playing okay now. I, I say that very loosely because Kawhi Leonard is beasting right now. You know that. Your listeners know that. The, the NBA world knows that. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's just on a, he's playing in the stratosphere right now. But outside of him, it kind of was a drop-off. They've had some injuries early on. Danny Green, who's back into the uh, rotation, but started off uh, on the IR. Parker, he's been out. He injured himself against the uh, Warriors game the opening night. So the Spurs are kind of muddling through. Pau Gasol still doesn't look like he's fitting in. There's rumblings that perhaps LMA, LaMarcus, Laldridge, and Pau just simply cannot be in the same court at the same time. So that's kind of concerning. But no, if the Pistons, I'm going to give you a little inside information right now for your listeners. Ooh. If the Pistons are going to get a win in San Antonio, you got to pop them in the mouth in the first quarter. But because that first quarter, the Spurs just don't come out with the intensity they need, at least in the past few games, to get a win. But the Pistons have lost three straight to San Antonio. So here we are. The Spurs last season were 2-0 and against Detroit. Hopefully things will change for your Pistons and things will maintain the same for San Antonio. But I guess my first question for you is this. How, I guess, at the end of the day, can and will Detroit crack that playoff? And are they more than likely penciled in for the playoffs? And can they be a legit threat in the East? Well, I don't know if they're they're penciled in. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're more likely to make the playoffs than not. But it's such a crowded race in the East. We know the Cavaliers are the best team. Uh, the Raptors have looked pretty good so far and were projected to be good. Uh, it's an uneasy start for the Celtics, but I think a lot of people had them in that second tier with the Raptors. I did. And I quite, I haven't given up on that. Uh, and then after that, and really now you could probably throw the Celtics in with everybody else. Uh, but it's just such a crowded race where there's not going to be much separation from that third or fourth seed to ninth or 10th, but there's a huge world of difference between mm-hmm. home court advantage in the first round and missing the playoffs entirely. Right. Uh, so, so the Pistons big disadvantage, I think they are one of the better teams in that group, uh, but I'm not sure of that. That's just, I guess where I'd lean right now, but their disadvantage is, well, they're playing without Reggie Jackson. Once they get back to full strength, they're going, they could be in a little bit of a hole. Uh, because these games count too. It's your record at the end of the season, not how well you're playing by the end of the year. Uh, So I I do have some concerns whether they make it. I do think they'll make it. Um, But but the goal is a little higher this year. They made the playoffs last year and they got swept. And it is to become more competitive. And I do think they're capable of winning a, a playoff series for the reason I just said, that there's not a huge difference between third or fourth or ninth or tenth. Like if you're in one of those middle seeds, you're going to be in a matchup, whether you have home court advantage or not, that I think is winnable. Mm-hmm. I, with the Spurs, I am, I am curious about this little downturn and I'm sort of a believer and not always, but, but more often than we give credit for that, there's not necessarily trends going on that the Spurs are the team that 
they have looked like over these eight games that, yeah, maybe these, these first, uh, four or so games happen to come first. And then the last four happen to come like second, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily something changed. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, you're looking at it more closely. Do you think this is just more the Spurs are overall the team they've been through eight games or did something change after yeah. those first four? That is a very, very good uh, question, Dan. And I've been getting that uh, a lot, especially from Spurs fans. Based, and, you know, you said it nicely. I'm just going to say it the way Spurs fans have been saying it. WTF. Basically, <laughs> basically, that's been what it what it comes down to. I would going to chalk it up to this. The Spurs, they have some, a little bit of chemistry issues right now. I, I, I think it just caught them after the first four games. I think they're playing a lot of adrenaline, a lot of, you know, this is a new Spurs. Kawhi is now the centerpiece. Uh, you got some injection of youth, and then all of a sudden it started just sputtering. Yeah. You got the injuries to Danny Green. You got the injuries to Tony Parker. And say what you will about Tony Parker and his rapid, rapid decline. But to his credit, and, you know, they say stats don't lie. The Spurs are undefeated with him on uh, in the starting lineup. They need him back, despite that he may not be producing like he used to offensively. But he's still that Spurs floor general with that corporate knowledge, just simply to facilitate the game. The Spurs don't have a facilitator right now. You can't look at Patty Mills and say, here, Mills, now do what you normally cannot do, which is be an mm-hmm. assist guy when you're a gunner, when you're a shooter. That's your strength. Hey, Mono Ginobili, you're going to be the starting lineup now, and you're just going to be that facilitator again. Can he do it? I'm pretty sure he can do it, but you're taking him out of his element. Heading into this season, Dan, I've been saying that the Spurs' biggest concern, weakness, has been the point guard situation. And it's pretty much come to um, come to light, and and and, uh, and I didn't want it to be I didn't want it to be true. But if you really dissect it, and this is where the Pistons could hopefully take advantage of that for your listeners, um, after Parker and Mills, there's a considerable drop off point guard wise, humongous. You're looking at a 20 year old college rookie, Dejounte Murray, an unproven yet professionally trained and you know seasoned veteran overseas. Nicholas Lapervitola, and that's it. That is it. That is your point guard depth for San Antonio, and you're seeing it right now. I think the 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 head of the snake, if you will, that point guard spot is discombobulated right now, and they need that floor general. Pau Gasol needs his touches. Lamarcus needs his touches. Kawhi, yeah, he can create his own shot, but it'd be nice for him to move without the ball and have somebody to give it to him. And of course. Uh, Danny Green, you know, he's, you know, his handles are questionable, but, you know, he needs somebody to drive in, pick out, hit the shot, game, uh, three-point shot made or whatever. So you're seeing, A, chemistry issues. They don't know what type of rotation they're going to have yet. I don't think that's set yet. And I think the big question that's kind of hanging over them right now is, is this tandem of LaMarcus and Powell going to work? It really is going to work. If if you put it under the microscope, last season, LaMarcus had a nice security blanket that wore number 21 in black and silver. He's no longer there anymore. So they're looking at him to be, okay, you got to be that defensive anchor in the paint. Well, he really hasn't been that in his career. He can do it, but it's not his forte. Pau Gasol, I'm just going to stop right there because <laughs> I, I, there's no letter D in Pau Gasol's name. And... He's more of a pick and pop, you know, finesse kind of player, face up, 
you know, a mid-range shot. And they're asking him to do something that he's never done. And not to mention this, in Chicago, when he averaged a double-double last year, it was he was the man, along with uh, D-, D. Rose and uh, J- uh, Jimmy Butler. Those three guys were, they meshed together. But there was not a clashing of styles or a clashing of, I guess, positions going at each other. It was just Pau Gasol in the paint, and that's who he was. And now he has LaMarcus Aldridge. And... I think he's sometimes deferring to him too much. I think he's still trying to find his way. He doesn't look comfortable. Interesting enough, the one game where LaMarcus sat out, Powell had one of his best games uh, offensively and defensively, ironically (laughs) defensively, um, when he was just the lone center in the paint. So something has to give. Will the Spurs pull a trigger and perhaps tell Powell, hey, you like coming off the bench and inserting (laughs) Dwayne Dedman? I don't know. But... It just seems like they're yeah, just... The, the, yeah, the, 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 I was just going to say real quick, the, the Bulls went through that, and it, the real strong sense from the outside seemed to be, I don't think Paul Gasol wants to come off the bench. Yeah. That's probably the role that fits him, uh, but pride and ego come into it. Yeah, and but if there's one coach in the NBA who can get somebody to do that, it would be Pop. That's who knows great. if uh, Pop will convince him. Uh, you know, right back at you, I guess I have a huge question. Uh, I want to say actually a, a big question, but more of a highlight, if you will. The Pistons can really play defense, can they? They rank fifth in the NBA at 97, holding the teams to 97 points. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, is that, uh, you know, what do you attribute that to it? Just uh, the right players, the right coach, the right mix? I think it's really just about the right mix, and that includes the coach. Uh, there is a good amount of cohesion on this team. Uh, players understanding their roles. Uh, it's not perfect uh, that even just the chemistry because Reggie Jackson's out, I think they could have been maybe even better defensively if he were there, not just his ability, but his understanding of, of what Stan Van Gundy wants everybody to do. And Andre Drummond's making nice progress as the type of backline defender uh, who can clean up a lot of stuff. What their defensive weakness has been, and I, and this is exactly what I was going to ask you about, so this flips right back over, uh, has been... They have one guard who's good defensively, mm-hmm. and that's Contavious Caldwell Pope, and he's perfectly capable of guarding point guards. But then you got to put Ish Smith or Baino Udra, whichever of the point guards is is in the game. You've got to put them somewhere, and and I don't know I don't know how the Pistons should attack that. It's the teams that have two scoring guards uh, that have given them trouble, or sometimes even just one. Uh, but with two, it's really like okay, we're going to have to give up something, and mm-hmm. and so you know. What what would worry you more? What would give you more satisfaction if you're the Spurs? Is it you know having one of those smaller point guards on Danny Green? And you know obviously he's not as adept with the ball, uh, but if you put somebody smaller in him, he could shoot over them. Mm-hmm. Or and then then you have Contavious Caldwell Pope on Patty Mills or Tony Parker if Parker gets gets healthy enough to play. Uh, or or the Pistons could leave Caldwell Pope on Green. Uh, probably do a decent job of taking green out of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not completely, but a decent job. Uh, but then it gives Patty Mills a lot of room to roam free. But then again, he's not as adept of a passer. So if he's roaming, you know, if he has a lot of ability to, to score, then, then maybe it makes it harder for him to get the other, the other Spurs bigs in, involved. Right. Uh, so if you're the Spurs, which, which way of the Pistons playing that would give you the greatest comfort, give you what you think would be the best chance, and what would worry you the most? I guess what worried me the most is uh, exactly what we're talking about, is that 
tenacious defense. And I, I, I think what worried me the most heading into tonight's game is actually the Pistons bigs. I think I think uh, Drummond is going to be a headache for LaMarcus and Powell, especially Powell. I think the only way to counter that for San Antonio is to look in the bench and look at Deadman. Deadman probably the only uh, – I mean, the reason I bring that up is because – I mean, he could do this to any team, but DeMarcus Cousins just abused the Spurs in the uh, game against Sacramento in Sacramento. Now, the Spurs got the win, but nonetheless, Cousins had a great night. And with the uh, Spurs, two big guys, uh, starting big guys, looking out of sorts, I think that's the weak spot right now that if the Pistons want to attack, it has to be that. Just go at them in the paint. Just, uh, I mean, on the perimeter, you're, the Pistons are going to have a hard time with a guy named Kawhi. He defensively, he's and now that Danny Green is back, that's perhaps the best one-two punch perimeter defenders you have in the league. But you got to look at this. If you're the Pistons and you're seeing that they're limping on a leg that's called LaMarcus and Powell, attack it. Throw Bobine at them. Throw Baines at them. Throw Drummond at them. And, and I think that's the best shot that Detroit is going to have later tonight um, in the Alamo City. You also throw in Marcus Morris as well. You just just attack. Just I mean, look what Hugh Houston did uh, in the recent loss uh, that the San Antonio Spurs had at home. The, Houston just devastated them in the paint. At one point, it was a double-digit lead in points in the paint. This is Houston now. Not you know Clint Capella did this. Mm. You know James Harden was just driving into that paint and doing whatever he can and whatever he wanted. So right now, that that soft spot is that is the paint and the Pistons with the bigs they got Morris, Drummond, Baines, uh, even Boban. You know throw him in there as well. Tobias Harris. You got a shot. You got a really really good shot at gaining that edge right now. I'll give you one more big who's not necessarily going to pound the Spurs in the paint, but who I do think will have a, an important role in this game because of the other end. And that's John lure. And I think the Pistons signed John lure because they wanted to be able to have somebody who can stretch the floor, but is also tall enough to guard players like, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul Gasol in the post. Not that John lure is some standout defender, uh, but a lot of times that role fell to Anthony Tolliver last year, who's smaller and as hard as he worked defensively, it just wasn't enough. So this is the type of game where I think, yeah, the Pistons think defense first. I get what you're saying about, you know, the, the Spurs are vulnerable inside on the other end uh, and the Pistons could take advantage of that, but they're going to think defense first. And I think that's going to mean a role for lure and guarding those bigger post-up players and then stretching the floor on the other end because that's just what he does. Yeah, and the Pistons, they, I mean, they do bring the defense. I mean, for my listeners, just real briefly, the, the Pistons, they rank fifth in the NBA at holding teams to about 97 points per game. They hold the opponent's field goal percentage down to 43% per game, which ranks fifth in the NBA. The Pistons rebound eighth in the NBA overall at 46 per game. So... And, and you know, they're getting blocks up uh, as a team. The Pistons average about four a game. So it, I think it comes down to this, Dan. It's going to be a defensive battle tonight. So I'll, I'll give to the pinpoint what I think. I think the Spurs are going to win. I mean, I think they're the better team. They're playing at home. You, you, uh, you know what? I don't but, mean to cut but, you off. I, I don't mean to cut you off. But yeah, the way the Spurs have been playing at home, my, I, I, don't, I wouldn't put that in the bank yet. 
Oh, I don't think it's in the bank, but if yeah. I'm predicting, I'm predicting the Spurs and you know, the, the, like I could see the Pistons winning. And this is, this is what I wanted to say. Like, this is how I could see it happening. This is what I think the big variable is going to be for the Pistons. The Pistons are a very good offensive rebounding team, especially Andre Drummond, but overall as a team, the Spurs are the, have been so far the best defensive rebounding team in the league. There aren't going to be as many second chance points for the Pistons as usual. However, the Spurs have been sort of prone to giving up uh, decent looks, decent shots, but the Pistons need to take advantage of that on the first shot. They're used to generating enough second shots where it's okay. And where the Pistons have had problems but are capable of being better is they'll run one action offensively and then everything just kind of breaks down and they'll give the ball to Marcus Morris or Tobias Harris and ask them to create and, and it's too simplistic and it doesn't go well. The Pistons need to do better on those because they're more often than they're used to going to get one shot. And Kawhi Leonard's going to be on the court. He's probably going to take away one of Tobias Harris and one of or, or Marcus Morris. So the other one, whichever one Kawhi Leonard is not guarding, is going to need to have a real nice game of either scoring for himself or keeping the ball moving to help get good shots when the initial action breaks down. Okay. I'm going to qualify. What, what, yeah, yeah, okay. Go ahead. I, I got a response to that. And I'm going to qualify this before I answer before I react Spurs fans that are listening to the show. I like this silver and black. Okay. I'm just trying to be realistic right now. Dan at home, the Spurs struggle. They average less than a hundred points per game. They shoot a, just a shade over 40% at home. Their turnovers spike at home. And as opposed to the road, they're undefeated on the road. They score over 112 points on the road. They shoot over 50% on the road. I don't know what's wrong with them at the Alamo City right now. I really, really don't. But right now, th- they just I think they that's just a look- sample size thing more than anything, right? Like, it's it- four games, and, and all four of those home games were against teams that would probably make the playoffs. Okay, there's that. Well, except, but- for, New- except for New Orleans. I guess the right. last three. Okay, but here's the, the deal, the too. Losses. If you look at the the teams that, that have played at home, whoever that star player is for that team has just brung it, and the Spurs have just been letting them do whatever they want. Harden dropped a, a triple-double. George Hill, and I, I guess he's not superstar status, but he's still a solid he's player. He's good. He's good. He dropped 20 points on the Spurs um, in San Antonio. Okay, you fast-forward. Um, you go up, I'm sorry, you go back a few, a few, uh, bit, I mean, the, the Anthony Davis, he did some considerable damage to the Spurs. It just seems to me like defensively and it, that, that interior defense for San Antonio, this is where I say the Pistons, uh, are going to strike. They got to hit that paint. They just yeah. they look out of it. And I, it just, it just mind boggling because, uh, it just scratching my head because I'm going to make you feel better. Okay. Well, tell me, tell me. Yeah. Andre Drummond is the Pistons' best player, but he does not fit the mold of the typical best player. That's okay, but he's not the type of player who can just go decide to to score and to be a go-to player. He's he's just not that. He doesn't have those post-up moves. He's developing some things like a, as a face-up player, but it's still in development. He's he's a different type of best player where where these other guys they can say, oh, okay, James Harden, we're leaning on you tonight. The Pistons can never say. Okay, Andre Drummond, we're leaning on you. How he helps is very much in a five-on-five dynamic 
that just does not carry over in that same way where it does for most teams' best players. Right, and and I think things would be different if Jackson was still on the court. I think Jackson would just tear apart that. I mean, whoever's defending him, if his name's not Kawhi Leonard, but now with Danny Green back, you know, maybe that might change things up for the Pistons. But I mean, obviously, you know, that's neither here or there because he's out. Digging deeper into tonight's matchup, uh, defensively the Pistons are pretty good. They're solid. They're really, really good. If there's one area where you say they have improved upon, what would that be? Uh, improved defensively or improved Just overall? overall, offensively, defensively. What has what have you noticed since last season to this season that made you put a smile on your face and be like, you know what, I like where this team is going? Well, well, I guess I guess it would come defensively, mm-hmm. uh, and that and that's they've done a better job of contesting shots and being aggressive with that. Uh, the caveat is they have done a worse job defensive rebounding. I think as a result, I think uh, that they're out of rebounding position a little bit because they're going to contest shots. So they do need to get better at finding the balance. But last year, I guess we didn't know whether they could contest shots well enough. We knew they could rebound. Now we know they can contest shots. The next question is, can they do both simultaneously at a very, very good level? They haven't done it yet, uh, but it is nice to see the tools. There. A lot of this starts with Andre Drummond. Uh, his progress defensively is, has really spurred the Pistons ahead. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, whenever somebody says no pun intended, they almost intend upon. I, I can say that was one of the rare times I did not intend upon. So <laughs> I, for, for the Spurs. I, yes. You've talked a lot about the reasons you're pessimistic. Mm-hmm. What makes you the most optimistic? And is it I, I guess I'm going to ask a second question if, if your first answer is what I think it might be. OK, and, and that's it. And that's if the first answer is just, well, we've got Kawhi Leonard and he might be the best player. And then, well, um, I'll give you a two part uh, answer to that. My first part is uh, a reason to be optimistic, I, I, I guess. That's what, I think that's what you're asking me, right? What is something? To, yes. OK. I'm going to take a – oh, well, and I'm, if you don't know me by now, Dan, I'm going to lead, lead you into a little secret right now. I'm a big-time nerd. I'm a big geek. <laughs> there was, if, it's, if it's a Japanese anime, uh, um, a Superman movie, whatever, I'm going to watch it. So I'm going to pull a page out of The Dark Knight, Harvey Dent, when he says, The night is darkest just before the dawn, and I promise you the dawn is coming. And I think that's where Spurs fans need to have that mentality right now. This is still a team in progress. This is a brand new team. You just lost Tim freaking Duncan. Um, he's no longer suited up. So you're seeing a team right now in a transition. They brought in new players, new parts, you know, t- uh, young kids, a brand new Pau Gasol who has to get adjusted yet again to a new team like he did in Chicago for, for a few years before he came to San Antonio. So I see that. And then, too, yeah, I, I think with slowly but surely as the team and the players get healthy, Tony Parker should be coming back. Now, granted, he is going to be held out. Well, he's questionable for tonight's game versus Detroit, but you're, you're, they just need to have more time together. They, they, you know, they may need to do some little few tweaking still um, with the rotations. Does... Uh, does Kyle Anderson need to be relegated to the further down the bench? Maybe because he's looking pretty um, less than stellar right now off that bench. Does Jonathan Simmons need more time on the court? I, I think he does. I think he's earned it. What about um, the rookie 
DeJounte Murray, can he inject some life in that point guard position that is so weak right now? I think Pop needs to try it out, at least early on in the season, before it gets crunch time in that stretch run. So I would hang my hopes on it's going to get better. They need time to gel. It's going to happen. And once it breaks through and once they get to that point, watch out West, watch out NBA. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I guess mm-hmm. the Pistons should feel fortunate that they're catching the Spurs now. It's, yeah. it's not going to get easier to beat them. No, no. It's, it, I don't think as the season progresses, the, it, the Spurs are going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. So, yeah, I think so. But you're exactly, you're saying that Detroit is catching them at the right time and ironically at the right place in San Antonio because they, they've been struggling at home uh, in their home confines. Thanks, Jeff. I enjoyed the discussion. You can follow Locked On Pistons and Locked On Spurs on Audio Boom or subscribe to both podcasts on iTunes. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone, and I'm at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening.